Good morning, New Beginnings Christian Center, as we listen to some wonderful sounds coming from Smoky Norfolk. I need you now. I want to say good morning to all who have chosen to tune in this morning and listen in to hear a word from God. But I also want to impress upon you that this is a time that brings a lot of us a, a moment the opportunities that we should take for those moments of reflection, not just about, about what's going on in our lives, but what's happening all around us. So many are struggling and are filled with trouble and suffering these days. We're each dealing with trials and challenges of our own, but we must always remember to keep the God that we serve first and foremost in our lives. For if we are to survive, if we are to make it, it will only be because we have chosen to remain close to the one who is the creator of heaven and earth, our God. And so there are prayers to go out for many on this day as we meet again, as we come together. But I want you to know that if you're hearing my voice right now, you still have another opportunity to be blessed and to be a blessing for others. All right. Okay. I would be remiss if I did not allow you to know who's speaking right now. So good mornings, not only New Beginnings Christian Center, but for any and all who are hearing this message. My name is Pastor Ronald A. Cooper. And on behalf of the members of New Beginnings Christian Center from Emerito, North Dakota, and the First Lady, I welcome you to this morning's message. I'm going to ask that you pray with me now, that we can open up and that we can each receive a blessing from the, our Lord and Savior. Most gracious and loving Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to see another day and to come before your presence, O oh God, this morning and to reflect upon your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Father, in spite of any and all things that we have faced in this time, any and all challenges that have come before us, we want you to know, dear God, that we remain firmly, steadfast, steadfastly, dear God, connected and committed to you. Father, we need you now more than ever in each of our lives. I pray for the sick. I pray for the ailing. I pray for the shedding. I pray for those, oh God, that are truly, truly, truly struggling to continue to go forward on this day. But I know, Father, that a touch from you can change everything in their lives. And so I pray that in this moment, oh God, if they are willing to speak your name and to call out for your son, Jesus Christ, and accepting that their lives will begin to be changed this day, this moment, in the blink of an eye. I thank you, Father, for being God. I thank you for everything that you've done and for all that you're going to do. We stand in tiptoe expectation of the amazing things that you hold in store. And we ask that you continue to keep us, bless us, Watch over us and embrace us, O oh God, that we forever may remain close 
in your presence at all times. These things and all things as we do, we pray in your son Jesus' most loving and precious name. And we all before you say, amen, amen, and amen. I want to thank you right now. Yes. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. You know, those tunes, they were kind of mellow coming in in the back. And it was just adding a little something there. But I want you to know that there's a word for you today. You see, what I would like for you to reflect upon or to consider is your willingness, your desire to surrender all to your God. Surrender all. You see, I want to speak to those right now that are in, have reached a point of impasse, that are in the midst of a storm in these very moments. And I want you to ask, answer this question. Are you trying to solution or find answers to the many things that you're facing now on your own? Are you standing in the way of him coming in and taking over and handling, dealing with, removing that problem from your shoulders and embracing it as his own so that you can once again walk free, upright, knowing that God is still in control and that even for the things that you're dealing with, he has stepped in. He has stepped in to bring you the relief that you need. You see, we can't have that until we surrender all. That means in the midst of whatever challenge you're going through, whatever it is, if we allow the enemy to convince us that our faith is not real, that it doesn't matter, we can so very easily allow it to be stripped away. It will slip away in the blink of an eye. And before you know it, the struggle, it, get, it becomes even greater. And so I challenge you. I, 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 I reach out to you right now to plead with you that if you are dealing with something today, that you continue to let him, let our father have it and surrender all unto him. I want to come to you this morning, if you will out of the book of Ephesians to begin with. And you know how we do. I pray that you have your Bibles handy so that you can come along on this journey as we go through some various scriptures. You know, we're living in difficult times and the Bible commands us. I mean, it, 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 it directs us, it orders us that in order to fully surrender all in order to give it all unto him that we must live consecrated lives, that we cannot allow this to be a foreign concept for us, that we change the way that we, we walk and we talk and we act so that we can be pleasing in God's sight. And we can look to the scriptures for the guidance that's needed in order that we can make those significant, most important changes. You might be asking yourself, why? 
it, with all that I'm dealing with, with all that I'm going through, why should I choose to live a consecrated life? Well, it is going to make the difference in the outcome of every battle that you deal with, every spiritual encounter that comes your way. It's going to make the difference. Look with me first, if you will. I want to move into scripture because scripture will always say it so much better and show you exactly what I mean. In Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verses 15 and 16, it says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And verse 16 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We can see the evil that exists all around us. We can see what is happening today in our presence. That's, that, that's occurring every day. And how much more this world continues to slide down a slippery slope that is headed for sure destruction. But are we going to simply go along to get along? Or are we willing to stand up for Christ? Are we willing to make a change? Look with me at Joshua, the third chapter, the fifth verse. And it reads as thus. And Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. If we want to have that type life, if we need to have a different type life, if we have any expectation for a better outcome, if we have any expectation for a better tomorrow, should we not choose to begin living a different type of life today? Should the expectation also be that we're willing to make some changes in our behavior and the way that we conduct ourselves? so that we can live a more consecrated life. You see, the battles are going to come whether you're ready for them or not. Just because you're sitting on the sideline and saying, well, you know, I'm not messing with anyone, it doesn't mean anything for the enemy. It only simply tells them that you are an easy and very willing target and that you will allow yourself to just be used and abused in any way he chooses. But why do that? You see, your battle isn't just simply against those that you see in the streets that you pass every day, but we face so many spiritual battles that rip and tear and try to strip away our spiritual, our very souls. And we must stand up at some point and, uh, and, and, and just allow ourselves to call on the one true God who is willing to defend us, who is willing to step in and to fight those battles for us. Come on, keep your Bibles handy because I, I want to continue to share with you this, this word. But I'm, you, you know me, I have to give scripture to you. So let's go back to the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the 10th through the 12th verses, where it says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against 
spiritual wickedness in high places. How do you expect to defeat that? With your cardinal mind and cardinal ways, with those worldly ways, how do you expect to defeat that spiritual enemy, that enemy that's going to come at you from all sides at all hours? You see, even when your body calls for you to rest because you are tired, you are simply worn out, you better know that the enemy is going to continue to attack you. That means he's coming at you even when you're defenseless. He doesn't fight fair. He sees that as a great opportunity to use and abuse and to take advantage of you, to, to seize you and to cause you to so to begin to sow doubt and worry and fear into your life, which does nothing but weaken you more and more and more with each passing day. And so we have to we have to make a choice. You see, inevitably, inevitably, you're going to have to fight at some point. Not the type of fight with putting by putting up your hands. I'm talking about the kind of fight that causes you to fall to your knees in prayer. The kind of fight that drives you into the prayer closet or that quiet place and you call upon your God to step in, to step up, and to allow your enemies to flee because they know you're no longer alone. You haven't been abandoned and that God is right there standing with you and beside you to defend you. If you're going to, if you're going to allow yourself to be abused, then please don't walk around complaining to others about the suffering that you're enduring because you have to admit you're allowing it to occur because you're choosing to do nothing about it. You see, we have to learn to fight with spiritual weapons, spiritual weapons. That's that. Those are the best weapons we have. And, and you, please don't take my word. Look at second Corinthians, the 10th chapter, if you will. Second Corinthians, the 10th chapter verses three through five. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Mm. We're talking about renewing that mind again. Allowing yourself to be made over, to be cleaned up on the inside, battling in a way that the enemy must respect because you're no longer trying to do it yourself, but you're using what God has given you. You're using the power of his word to battle back, to overcome, to deal with those situations, to give you the strength to endeavor to persevere in the midst of your greatest challenges. If you don't do this, the enemy is going to find your weakness. He's going to find that point, that place where your physical body, our physical bodies are going to get tired. You're going to reach a point, your breaking point, where you can go no further. But you must know that our father never will, that he will never tire. He will never falter. He will never faint. He will always be there to defend, to stand up for 
And so why not allow him to fight those battles for you? You see, but we have to change. We must change. Let me tell you something. You don't put new wine in old skins. And I have to say this because I, I, I don't know, I find myself saying it every, every time I speak to someone this year. You need to remember something. Again, God is not going to allow sin into heaven. And I say that to highlight in every talking point that I use throughout this year, that we, if we're going to find those things and connect ourselves with those things that are not made by hands, that if we're going to become something different, that those made over people, if we're going to be different, it isn't until we make those changes that God will be able to utilize us and work through these clean vessels, work through clean vessels to perform the work that he wants to do, to bring into fruition those things that he wants to have happen in your life, in the lives of your family, in the lives of, your, of the people around you. You don't think that the things that you do and some of you, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe you do think, I should say, that you can do anything and it only uh, impacts you. The things that you do only affect you. The things that you do only allow you to have to deal with those ramifications. Haven't you come to your senses and realized that sometimes, or in many cases, I might say, that the things that you do have a much greater impact and it goes far beyond you. It goes, it goes to the place where it impacts those around you. Yes. And if you stop for a moment and consider it, the many things that we do each and every day, the many things that we say each and every day, how we conduct ourselves, what we, what we tell ourselves, it just, it, it doesn't just impact our lives, but it impacts the lives of those that are all around us. You know, the world likes to call it karma. But I'll tell you, it's nothing more than the spirit, the type of spirit that you carry, the type of spirit that you generate, the type of spirit that you have following and pursuing you. Because the spirit that you have is the one, catch this now, the spirit that you possess or that you have is the one you created. Is the one you allowed to exist and to reside in your life. Is the one you have welcomed in. Is the one that you have embraced. That's the spirit that you're going to have. You see, some of us want to walk around and pretend as though we have something better. But uh, until you surrender all, until you show God that you are willing to take on his spirit, that you're willing to take on his full anointing and allow yourself to be changed and made over. No, you don't have a right spirit. You don't have that right spirit that's going to guide you the way that you should go. What you have is a knockoff spirit. You know what I'm talking about. It ain't an original. It's an imitation. It's, it's something that's a make made up, make believe spirit. And it's never going to be the right spirit that you need to carry you through. And so we've got to change people if we want, if we want God to move through us. 
and about us and around us and make things better. Come on now, some more scriptures. Look at Joshua, the seventh chapter, verses 11 through 13. And then I'm gonna jump over to 2 Timothy. Okay, if you will. But let's go to Joshua first. And then to 2 Timothy uh, 2, verses 20 and 22. If you will, please. Joshua reads, Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the the accursed thing and have also stolen and dissembled also. Mm. And they have put it even among their own stuff. Mm. My Lord. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Up, sanctify the people and say, "Mm, sanctify yourselves against two Moral, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Mm. You see, this is where I stop for a moment and I say, if you can't say amen, say ouch. You know whether or not you have some of those same things in your life. You know whether or not there are some things that are holding you back from being fully aligned with our Lord and Savior. You know those things that you thought you had hidden, but he has seen them all along that are keeping you from being able to stand up and face your enemies, face the trials, face the challenges, those things that are impacting your life and the life of your family. You know about those things. And he is not going to come in to save, to rescue, to heal, to restore, to repair, to replace, to embrace until you remove those things out from amongst you out from amongst your family, out from amongst your home, your job. You have to get rid of those things for him to be able to come in. And he wants to come in. All right. I said I was going into 2 Timothy. Let me go over there right now. 2 Timothy, the second chapter, verses 20 and 22, because I want you to get this. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart, out of a pure heart. Is that you this morning? Is that you this morning? Can you call on him with that pure heart? 
that is needed to come in and to bring the blessings that you stand in need of. You see, the how of consecration, it means that you dedicate your, yourself wholly, not in part. You remember, I've said it many times, there are no part-time jobs in this business. There are none. You dedicate yourself fully unto him. If you are serious and sincere about this relationship, if you truly want him to come in and to be a blessing in your life, if, if, and there's always that if statement because it depends on you and the choices that you, you're going to make right now, beginning right now for the rest of your life. And for those who are sitting around believing like you have all the time in the world, please don't fool yourself. If you believe that, you have less time than you even realize. And you'll never understand it. And when you do, it's going to be too late. Look at Romans, the 12th chapter and verse 1. What does it say? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Which is your reasonable service? Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and accept and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know, I know for some, some folks are getting stiff necked already out there because I'm talking about a service to God, and you already you have the audacity to sit there and begin to think about the things, the worldly things that you think that are more important that keep you from serving God, the things that you want to do, the things that you have deemed more important, the things that will always be the obstacle between you and salvation, the things, the same things that are going to keep you from being called up in the final day because of those things that the enemy has put before you because he knows it's an easy draw for you. It's that shiny object that keeps bringing you in. Well, let me tell you something. You better stop letting that glitter and flash draw your attention because God is speaking to you right now and he's telling you, get it together. Reject the pathway of sin. Go in the direction that he wants you to go. Allow God's word to transform your mind right here and now today in the name of Jesus. Romans, the 12th chapter, the second verse goes on and says, and be not conformed. You know, this is my favorite to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Oh yes, that perfect will of God. You see, that's the difference today. That's the difference between those who will make it in and those who won't. You see, those who make it in will accept that God's will is what's most important and they can put their will on the back burner. But it's the, it is the reverse for those that will be left behind because they want to put their will and their desires at the forefront of their lives. And if you're choosing to do that, it is a sad thing for me to, to be here now and to feel as though someone is not willing to allow God to be the head of their life and to be in charge and to be in control. I want you to know that in these weaning days and these weaning moments, whatever time that remains, it should be your sole focus to get to know him better and to understand the nature of your relationship, not religion, not your religion, but your relationship so that you can surrender all unto God. 
not the monetary, not the worldly, not the cardinal, not the secular, but I'm talking about your, your life, the spiritual, and dedicate it to him so that he can become in and be a blessing to you. He can save you. He can restore you. He can bless your home. He can bring health and strength and security and protection, all the things that you need and embrace you the way you need to be embraced, provide for you all that you've been seeking, but you've been missing so dearly and wanting so desperately. Let him come in. Let him bless you. Let him be the God that loves you. I pray you can do that today in Jesus name. Amen.